Greetings, and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, one of the best movie review podcasts available. My name is Jason, like Voorhees from Crystal Lake, and in The Rabbit Hole, we'll be discussing and having fresh takes in fresh kicks. We will be discussing new and classic movies, such as Fried Green Tomatoes, One That Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Karate Kid, The Great Outdoors, and also we'll be getting into movie franchise and anthology series like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on M Street, as well as TV series and what's streaming today. We will also be getting into deep dives on our featured film of the week, Spoiler Heavy Territory. Also, we'll be discussing the latest releases, upcoming, and what's hot and what's not for any and all recommendations across some of the more popular DSPs such as Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, HBO Max, and etc. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Greetings, and I'd like to welcome everyone to our very first episode of The Rabbit Hole. Down here in The Rabbit Hole, you never know what you're going to get. But what you definitely will get, I can say, is going to be content that will give you recommendations, suggestions, what's hot, what's not, what's new, what's upcoming on a number of different platforms. Uh, since today's day, we're streaming everything. TV's kind of going out and it's more in with the bundles and streaming services and DSP. So that's what we're going to get into. But first, before we get the episode started, I would like to give a huge, huge, huge major shout out to a big inspiration of the show, a gentleman by the name of John Schnepp. Uh, he passed away in 2018. John Schnepp was an animator, cinematographer, writer, editor, voice actor, producer, director, comic book guy. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, he hosted a show called Collider Heroes, which was a branch of Collider Movie Talk. But you know, again, just just huge shout out to him, R.I.P. to him, and uh, yeah, that guy was awesome. So first things first, we want to get into what's streaming now. So right now, there are a number of different platforms, and with said platforms, you might be wondering what's new, what's what's good to watch. You know, what What do you really want to spend your time on? Um, so, first off, I'm going to start with the number one, The Godfather, Netflix. Um, and right now, Netflix, oh, oh, completely forgot. It is Halloween. It is around the month of October. So, in that theme, what we're going to do this particular episode and the rest of the episodes in October is we're going to kind of stick with the horror movie genre. If things kind of veer from that, it's actually because the film is exceptional and is definitely worth making the list. But 
in staying all things traditional, we're going to try to stick with horror genres. So, um, but with that said, first off, Netflix. Uh, right now, Netflix, to me, it's got some good content. We're going to talk about some of the, the, the greater content in Netflix with the uh we've got a bingeable segment so when we get into the bingeable segment we're going to come back to netflix they've got some really really good shows right now but sticking in what's streaming these are all going for just straight movies and kind of just what's out right now i believe it is in the middle of the night it is early morning october the 18th so around this time october the 18th 2020 Netflix is offering, um, they've got vampires versus the Bronx, <laughs> which is, which is a really lighthearted take. Uh, it's a, it's a vampire type of movie about three young kids. Pretty funny. It's got the kid Marrow in it from Deces of Marrow. If you're familiar with them, it's got, um, man, this kid looks just like Tyler, the creator's little brother. Like if, if I had to put money on it, I would definitely say these guys are related, but again, vampires versus the Bronx. It, it is very lighthearted. Uh, it's PG 13, I believe. And again, it's just sticking with the Halloween theme. We're going to go into Hubie's Halloween. Now Hubie's Halloween is an Adam Sandler uh, movie. Now I know Adam Sandler's had a ton of misses with his Netflix stuff. Um, and I don't know. I just, it, it's definitely been a big miss for me with like the ridiculous six and some other things like that. But this particular movie, again, is pretty funny. It's, it's based on, uh, one of those classic Adam Sandler type of characters. He's the role. It's got all the, all the classic happy, uh, Madison crew. You got Rob Schneider, Steve Buscemi, Kevin James. They've also got a ton of cameos. I believe Shaq is in this, uh, Lavelle Crawford, George Wallace. They have Kim Whitley. It is just, it is just a huge huge cast um yeah and it, it it's lighthearted, just fun uh adam sandler and the crew being adam sandler and the crew now don't get me wrong it's no mr deeds or happy gilmore or anything in that nature but it's definitely a a, a fun revisit to that um ben stiller reprises his role as the orderly um which was amazing. Um, if any of you guys remember that in, in happy Gilmore, uh, Ben Stiller's character, the grandmother was like, I, I would just like a warm glass of milk. And Ben Stiller comes back with, I'll get you a warm glass of some shut the hell up, which was again, one of the, one of the breakout lines from that huge, 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 funny, funny stuff. But Again, Hubie's Halloween, Netflix, and then let's get into HBO. HBO has got a couple of nice movies going on, keeping that that Halloween horror genre. They've got Dr. Sleep with Ewan McGregor, which was actually a sequel to The Shining. Now, I don't believe they advertised it as such. Um, 
The book was amazing. Love the book. But yeah, I don't think they advertised it as such, but you definitely get a lot of those shining elements. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but they definitely, uh, the Overlook makes its its presence um, in, in Dr. Sleep. And it is just a really good, good telling on one of the Stephen King novels. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Rose the Hat. I mean, some of these characters, I mean, it's just really good. I suggest that. Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep's really good. We got The Invisible Man, the new one. I believe it's a 2020 release. Um, It's got the young lady from The Handmaiden's Tale and Invisible Man. I believe it's actually going to lead into a couple of other films along that whole genre of The Invisible Man, uh, The Bride of Frankenstein. I believe they're going to try to do Frankenstein as well. Um, and kind of give us those universal horror characters again. Um, but yeah, the invisible man's on there, HBO also it chapter two. Um, I don't believe it chapter one is available, but it chapter two. And again, of course, you know, I'm talking about the, the newer release, not talking about the, the super stellar classic it from the eighties, but Chapter two is on there. It's available really good. And also us, uh, one of the Jordan Peele films, uh, again, Jordan Peele gave us get out, but us was a really good kind of, kind of creepy movie. So again, one of the newer releases and that will do it for HBO. So then we're going to also roll into, and guys also keep in mind, like we're shooting from the hip. So we're going to be adding some things, plugging some things in and out. And, and if I have to go back, then, hey, just just bear with me. But we're going to get her done. Uh, so Hulu. In Hulu, we've got Pet Cemetery, the new one. Uh, I won't go too much into that. Uh, I love the original. Uh, the character Zelda gave me fucking nightmares uh, to see her back. Oh, my God. The Zelda character was horrible. And Cage, who can re- who can forget Cage, that uh, that Achilles scene where where the old man, oh man, everybody knows what I'm talking about. But but that that ankle bit, oh, the under the bed with the scalpel, man, nothing compares to the original. But uh, the newer one, I believe Jason Clark is in that. So that's a uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, they've got the newer Child's Play. Again, nothing nothing compares to these classics, though. But we've got the newer take on uh, Chucky. So we got the brand new Child's Play. Uh, also, Hulu's got The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, now, I remember The Cabin in the Woods was classified as a comedy horror. So that was a little bit weird. 2011, they gave us Chris Hemsworth before he was Thor. Um, or, or maybe right around that time, but I believe this was before Thor. Um, so yeah, we got Chris Hemsworth in the cabin in the woods, comedy horror. And then also lastly, tying up Hulu is the little monsters. Now, not to get it misconstrued with the classic Fred Savage and, uh, Howie Mandel little monsters, man, that was, golden 
Golden, but not to get it confused with that. Uh, this is Little Monsters. I believe it was 2019 uh, release, and it's got Lapita Nuango. It's a different take on the the zombie genre. So it, it's 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 different. It's different. It's actually got some comedic elements in it, but it's it's one of those films where. You know, you can sit down, you can you can smoke or drink to it and enjoy yourself. It's a good time. It's it's not really more so horror, but again, it's got some some pretty gruesome scenes in it. Uh, a lot of over the top stuff, but again, just hilarious. Um, as far as just <laughs> some of the some of the some of the things you'll see, and again, just some of the comedic elements and and surprises in there. So it's it's ridiculous there's a scene with uh one of the main characters he takes his nephew dresses him as darth vader and i'm just gonna leave it right there but but the scene is fucking hilarious and again the little monsters i believe is rated r so Sorry, I didn't give you ratings on all the rest of it. you guys know what it is though if you're here, you know movies, so I mean. It is what it is, but let's see what else do we have in the streaming now category. I believe that will that will kind of end that particular segment of the streaming now, guys. Now again, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna double back because we're gonna go into our all about the bingeables segment as well as we're gonna have a classics segment. So we'll get into that here in the in the the latter part of the show but right now that will that will tie up our what's streaming now and i almost forgot guys let me go back we're not quite concluding that what's streaming now segment i've got a movie that i completely forgot to mention and and i forgot it because it is not in the horror genre um, although it does have the word devil in it, but I'm talking about devil all the time. Now, devil all the time is on Netflix and it's directed by Antonio Campos. And again, I'm not too familiar with, with him as a director. He had some, some other films prior. A few I noted were, after School from 2018 and Simon Killer from 2012, which again, just just not quite familiar with it. But this particular movie is based off of a book uh, of the same name and the writer of the book, Donald Ray Pollock. And this particular gentleman, what's interesting about this movie is he's actually the narrator of the film. Um and again, just Devil All the Time is like just a really, really good ass movie. It it's got Bill Skarsgård in it. If you're familiar with Bill Skarsgård, he's in uh he plays Pennywise uh from the newer It's. He was in Castle Rock. Uh it's been in a ton of stuff. We got Tom Holland, got fucking Spider Man in it, we got Robert Patterson, we got the Batman in it, uh and and classic Jason Clark. So 
Um, but yeah, it, it takes place in the 50s. I believe it starts out in the 50s, like right around World War II, like the end of World War II. And it kind of takes you up through, I believe, like it ends in 65 or something like that. But just kind of kind of weaves you through time and follows a number of different characters and just some of the things that they're dealing with, their ups, downs, uh, trials, tribulations. And I mean, the storytelling on this is amazing. Um, character development, just, I mean, really, really good. I mean, story progression was great. And the the conclusion does not let you down. I know uh, there there tend to be a stigma with Netflix films uh, where the endings kind of kind of don't don't hold as much weight or kind of kind of leave you a little uh, blah. But again, for this to be a Netflix Netflix film and for them to put this out, I mean, this was really good. It was. I must say highlight of the releases of the most recent releases outside of like a power or something like that. But, you know, we'll get into that another time. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that's streaming, too. But again, just going to sidebar that for Devil All the Time. Just an amazing film. But yeah, don't forget, check out Power. Power is on Netflix and I am, I believe, Project Power. I'm sorry, Jamie Foxx. Uh, we'll get into that on another time, but it's an excellent, excellent superhero type of movie. But again, just sticking with, with the theme, this, this particular show, we're going to stay with the horror stuff and stick with, you know, this particular, you know, again, kind of theme, but yeah, two, two good shows, two good movies, um, that are actually streaming now. So let's get into our feature review. Oh, and I'm so sorry, guys. So sorry. We were in the what's streaming now. We were ending it, but there was a film that I did need to go back and highlight. Actually, a couple of ones that I actually forgot from uh, from Netflix. Um, two key films, and I believe I kind of left these out just because they were not really the horror genre um, although one of the films do have devil in the title, but these were not horror films. One is a horrific story, but, um, just really good, really good. So first film I'm going to talk about is devil all the time. Uh, devil all the time was directed by Antonio Campos. Hope I'm saying that right. And, uh, he's got some films, um, that I'm not too familiar with. Uh, After School 2008 and Simon Killer 2012, and I believe there's a couple of others sprinkled in there, but just was not familiar with anything that he had put out prior, so I haven't seen it, so I might have to go back and do some, some revisiting on that, but Devil All the Time is actually based on a novel, it's based on a book with the same name, Uh, the book is written by Donald Ray Pollock, um, interesting thing about that particular author is he actually narrates through the film so just really good really good film really good story composition it's got a stellar cast it's got bill skarsgård tom holland oh bill skarsgård you guys know him uh pennywise he's he's the new pennywise he's in uh castle rock on hulu 
uh, season one. Um, really, really good. Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Dude, what else do I have to say? Um, then it's also got Robert Patterson in it. Got fucking Batman. All right. So we got Spider-Man, Batman, and Pennywise. Um, just a really good movie. Really good movie. Oh, Jason Clark. Classic Jason Clark is in this. So, uh, doing what he does best. And Devil All the Time takes place, I believe, around the mid to the end of the World War II. So we're talking about the 50s and it just kind of progresses through the 50s into the 60s and just kind of tells the story from a number of different characters perspectives. And you just get to see some of these characters mature and and just kind of see what their experiences and how they mold and shape them. Uh, but again, just really, really good knockout film. Uh, just something to sit down and enjoy, and it is it is amazing, really good, really good. Also, last but not least, left this off, but needed to come back and let you guys know about this. If you haven't seen it already, there's a show on Netflix. It's a documentary, and it's called The American Murder, The Family Next Door. Now... I was I was blown away by this particular story. And again, it's not with the horror genre, although it is just a tragic and horrific story. Um, and the interesting thing about this particular documentary was that the way it was put together, uh, I think Netflix did a really good job. And with this day and age, with access to uh surveillance you know personal security home systems cameras the ring um police body cams and things of that nature this whole film like i believe majority of it was shot with actual footage so i mean the opening you get the opening with um the police body cam and so you're seeing everything that the cops seeing and you get you get a lot of bit you get the ring doorbell footage and and that's how it starts off it starts you with actual footage of just these real life events and again the way it's told the way the story's put together i think netflix did a really good job um it is again extremely horrific um yeah, I don't I don't I can't really get into it without giving too much away. So, again, with this being our first episode, guys, some of this stuff we're going to come back to and maybe get into to greater detail and do some deep dives on some of this stuff. But right now, I just want to suggest it and I don't want to say anything to ruin the ending for anyone. But just know that, you know, we'll get back to that. And it it is just a a, a crazy, crazy thing. Like and unbelievable really you know unbelievable but again that that should conclude our segment for the wood streaming now and then we're going to go ahead and get into our feature breakdown feature breakdown and review antebellum is going to be our feature review this episode and i don't know if you guys were familiar with it or not but Again, from the beginning, I was kind of lured in to this particular movie. It came out 2020. It's 
stars Janelle Monet, Eric Lang, Jenna Malone. Um, but yeah, it's classified as a horror thriller. I believe it got a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think IMDb gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Uh, Runtime is an hour, 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, so let's get into the particular actors. Uh, again, starring Janelle Monet. I don't know if you guys have seen her in a lot of stuff. I believe she was in Hidden Figures. Uh, she's got an excellent show, excellent show that she's in on Amazon Prime called Homecoming. Uh, Homecoming is really good, guys. You guys should check it out. We'll actually probably get into Homecoming in a different episode. Just again, trying to stick with the, the horror genre. So Homecoming will be coming up <laughs> uh, later down the road. But check it out. It's got the first season has... Um, Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts is starring in the first season and it is really good. Uh, check it out. Janelle Monae is also a musician. I believe she actually had an album just recently come out, but then you got Jenna Malone. Don't know if you guys remember her. Jenna Malone was in, I believe she was in Hunger Games, Catching Fire. She was in Catching Fire. She was in Mockingjay. Um, she's also been in Donnie Darko, super duper classic. Uh, she was in Sucker Punch. And when you guys see her, you'll, you'll know her immediately. As soon as you see her, you'll recognize her. Eric Lang. Eric Lang was in so much shit, guys. I mean, this guy has been in so many different TV shows, and movies, but but more so just TV and uh, the the prime time, uh, you know your daytime uh, dramas or eight p.m. Uh, you know network TV shows. He was in the classic High School High. If anybody remembers High School High with John Lovitz, ridiculously funny. Uh, but Eric Lang was in Bolton the Beautiful, The Shield, JAG, NCIS, The Bernie Mac Show, Criminal Minds, Bones, Weeds, uh, Monk, Grey's Anatomy, Modern Family. I mean, this guy's been in every fucking thing. And I believe he's even now in Perry Mason, which is starting, started on HBO. So some of you guys can go over there, check that out. Uh, Perry Mason episodic um, series just started streaming here recently. But again, let's get into Antebellum. And, you know, with some of that, that low percentage reviews, uh, I didn't check any of that before I went into it. I, movies like this, I was told not to like see too much not to you know so i tried to avoid the trailers i tried to avoid any kind of anything because i heard there was like a big twist and so i wanted to kind of be completely blind going into it and just see what i thought and i must say guys i mean we're gonna stay spoiler free for now but i was just disappointed you know um I guess the the cinematography was great. It looked good. Um, 
I think that's about it. I mean, as far as the story, it had me in certain aspects, but then you're going to get to a point where, I don't know, I think it's it's just the second half of the film is very, it just, it kind of lets you down and it kind of takes away from what's going on in the beginning and again, like, I don't want to get too spoilery. So if you haven't seen the film, like, please, like, um, maybe you might want to skip ahead. But it was just like, I really went into this thinking there was going to be some sort of time change or some sort of something to do with, you know, the time jump and things like that. And I don't know, guys, when that didn't happen, it really kind of... I don't know. It was it was kind of a letdown, but it was just an okay film. Uh, I wouldn't classify this as horror. I mean, although I could see there were some horror elements in it, there's definitely some creepy. Some they do an excellent job again. The cinematography in the film really good. They do an excellent job with setting the tone or kind of setting some of the the environments, but then it like, it, it sets you up to kind of let you down. So I don't know, again, the, the little girl in the hallway, very, very cool, very creepy. Um, and I don't know, it, it almost was like, it was two separate. It's like, once you get to a certain point and something happens, it's like the film just turns into a different type of film. And, you know, again, I just, I don't know. I was just disappointed. Uh, I, I I definitely was really, really like optimistic and hopeful because I just thought that, you know, we got a, a unique lead and just the concept you saw like slavery, but then you saw modern day and it was just like interesting. Like it, it really had my attention from the very initial, uh, like when I heard, when I got wind of what was to come and I just saw some of the either screenshots or I saw some of the, some of the sneak peek stuff without looking at too much of the trailer. It was just interesting from what I did see and, you know, just playing with that whole time jump and all that, it really heightened my ears on just some different ways of storytelling. But again, like it just... I don't know. It was, it was a letdown. So if I had to recommend, you know, whether you go on voodoo and you stream it or however you want to view it, if you want to pay for it. Um, and I would have to say like, and we're going to figure everything out as we go. But if I could say hot or not, or a pay or stay, I would keep my money. You know, I, I would not, I would not pay for this. I would wait for this. This will probably be on, Amazon Prime, you know, within a couple of months. Um, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of other things out right now. And as far as horror, if you're looking for a good, creepy horror, something to dig into around this this Halloween and October month, then I would say pass on Annabellum. You know, don't don't waste your money. Don't make waste your $19.99. Uh, go ahead and keep that. And you can you can spend that on something totally different. Get you get you something else, but don't waste it on this film. And I believe is there anything else about Antebellum that 
that I just thought was that I could I, I could even slightly be persuaded to change my mind. And I just don't think so. I mean, there's nothing really catching me again. It, I just went into it with high hopes and was definitely let down. So um, without giving too much away, guys, like I said, just just keep your money. Hold off. It's a OK movie, but it just it just lost me. And then when you get to the end, you're going to be like, what the fuck? You know, so um, I mean, maybe if you guys want to want to comment or send in questions, but yeah, we can actually discuss it. But yeah, when it gets to the end, I was just like, are you fucking serious? But um, yeah, I mean, that that's that's it. That's going to be our our take on uh, Annabellum. That's going to be our feature review. Uh, again, I don't want to get too spoiler heavy, guys. Like, I just really kind of want to touch bases on something. I'll let you guys know how I feel about it. Again, I'm, I think we're going to stay with maybe the, the realm of this pay or stay um, categorization and keep it in the midst. So that way you guys know if, if it's worth getting, if it's worth the 20 bucks, go ahead and get it. You know, 20 bucks is still cheaper than going to the movies. You know, I, even though I love the movies, hate what's going on. The movie industry is... I'm worried for them. I'm worried for the theaters, guys. Like, this COVID shit is just bullshit. It's, like, really put a screw or a, a, a thorn in the side, like, of different industries. And, unfortunately, you know, we love movies. If you're If you're here, then I know you love movies. And I fucking love movies. And I'm just, I'm just worried. I'm just worried about the industry. Um... It's scary to know that, you know, all of the, the Marvel stuff's been postponed and pushed back. And I mean, it's just throwing just all type of monkey wrenches in the mix with release dates and, you know, what we can expect just as movie goers. So it just really sucks right now. Um, man, I've got I've got AMC gift cards that I just cannot wait to spend, but where I'm at, I mean, the movie theaters are not even open, so it sucks. I mean, we've been dealing with this COVID for, you know, it's going on eight months now. And, I mean, you know, nine if you count first notice, but in almost a year if you count worldwide. But it is just, again, just changed the the climate of movie going the movie experience um and i'm sure a lot of production companies studios things like that they're kind of up in arms and and things are just in such a gray area and i know they're trying to figure things out but again for us normal casual moviegoers we're just like yeah we don't mind paying 20 bucks for you know something on voodoo Again, cheaper than a movie ticket, but it's like, if you're going to give me shit like The Invisible Man and Annabellum, I mean, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm just okay on that, you know? Where's fucking New Mutants at? You know, where is Black Widow 2? I mean, these are, these are the movies that I want to see. I mean, I'm not just an action person, but we're the blockbusters. So again, just kind of holding off and having to wait. It just really sucks. But, you know, that's, I guess that's the nature of the beast. I don't know about you guys, but 
I definitely love getting into a series. Uh, after watching maybe one or two episodes, you're just pulled in. So let's kind of get into what's going on right now with our bingeable series. So let's talk all about some bingeables. And I want to start off with a couple of noteworthy bingeables. Um, let's start with Netflix. Right now, Netflix, they've got some bingeable items in the the, the vein of horror. Um, this particular episode, only going to touch on a couple. And one of them's not actually that scary. It's just fucking cool. Like, the way that it is, the way it looks, the way it's shot, it is very different. It's almost like watching an anime real life. So the show that I'm talking about is the school nurse files. And this particular series is only six episodes long. Um, but it is an interesting, interesting six episodes. Uh, it's very trippy, uh, super colorful. I mean, again, it's like you're watching a fucking cartoon. Um, the nurse, she is amazing. Uh, the weapon of choice and her whole um, being of like kind of like a spiritual, like, I don't know, like a Kimosabi type of uh, character and just like her interesting turmoils and battles with, with the villains and herself as well. So, I mean, it's just a really cool, very interesting different take on <laughs> a a series and I mean they push the limits they push the boundaries with just visually artistically and it just again kind of just makes you look at um just tv shows period not tv but just series period uh the way something can be created again just the mixing and blending of um fantasy and real life it's just really really good really interesting uh second series on there now i have not finished this particular one uh this is evil um and evil's on netflix um it has michael collier in it i believe i'm saying that right and that's luke cage if you're not familiar with him but uh the guy that plays luke cage um good breakout star it's been really 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 popping lately but uh i know the ladies they love this guy but yeah evil um when i first started watching it i was not sure what to expect um actually it was a recommendation and uh my wife she could not stop watching this show so I was like, well, let me check it out. Uh, let me see what's going on. But I, I popped it in, uh, pulled it up, started watching it. And again, like I said, from the very first episode, it also like really, I didn't think that it was going to get into as as demonic as some of the characters look and actually how, you know, they actually really use like the usage of demons and the way that it looks, the the... I don't know, just the evil that they fight. Uh, really, really good. Really good series. Uh, 
I'm I'm just starting it, but man, it is it is pretty decent. And then those are like I said, we're still keeping with the theme October, so I'm trying to stick with you know shit that's somewhat you know scary, Halloweeny type of deal, and the classic classic uh show that i'm about to bring up i mean hulu's got this uh, i believe you can watch it stream it on a couple of different other platforms but american horror story i believe it's available on netflix and hulu um american horror i don't i can't even go into you know american horror story that deserves almost a whole entire segment to itself but uh you've got i believe seven to eight seasons of american horror story and again just i can't say enough uh american horror story just a really really crazy um and each season gives you a different type of vibe so it's not just like one it is a it's almost like a concurrent story like a lot of characters you know, uh, reprise their roles in different seasons and they, they show up as different characters, but sometimes some characters actually have the same name. So it's kind of like the stories do somewhat overlap and, and intersect and crisscross. And it's just a really crazy way to like figure it out. And you can go online. There's actually someone that I've watched their video where, They've actually connected all the dots of all the characters from American Horror Story relationships and they they put it in a concurrent timeline and they actually break it down from the very beginning and, you know, who's supposed to be who. And it's just really, really good, interesting video. If you're an American Horror Story fan, I it would advise you to please check that out. Please check it out. So... Next, let's get into the 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 meat and potatoes of our bingeables segment. Um, and I, I'll I'll stick with Hulu because I'm already there. But there was a show on Hulu called Monsterland that I was so highly anticipated on watching. Uh, I mean, from the thumbnail art, the trailer. I mean, it had me. Uh, so I don't know. I don't I don't want to again not going to get into too much spoiler heavy territory, but I will just say it is it's okay. Like some of you guys might like it more than others, but I mean, I think I was just expecting something totally different. But Monsterland, uh 8 episodes long. It's got each each episode takes place in a different city. And I believe each city is titled by that particular episode. So, you know, you get you get one episode and I believe it's uh, New York. You've got an episode in Louisiana. Then I believe there's a different episode in Louisiana. But, you know, you just got to really pay attention. Um, and I, I, I want to say, I want to say, guys, that this shit is all connected somehow um there are certain but again without giving too much shit away there are certain characters that you may see in different episodes so 
just trying to piece that timeline together and again those relationships and those particular characters but again each story just kind of is each episode is just almost like its own separate story um it's got a couple of people in here that that you're gonna you're gonna also uh remember look familiar uh jonathan tucker i believe is in the first episode uh this guy's been in a bunch of shit he was in westworld snowfalls uh american gods oh my god guys if this was not a horror segment or a month of october we will definitely be talking about american gods um the book was really good i loved it but yeah uh so just kind of getting back to Monsterland because we'll get off on a tangent with american gods um but yeah you've seen him in that i think he was loki in american gods but he's in it charlie Thayum from Ozart, uh, Nicole, uh, believe I'm saying her last name right, is Behair or something like that. Um, she's been in Little Fires Everywhere. Oh my God, guys. So guys, guys, I got to take a quick pause. Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. Now this is not a horror show at all, although it is... It it kind of is a dramatic, like traumatizing type of experience, man. It's really a really well put together story. Um, and from the beginning, you're going to make your assumptions. You're going to have your preconceived notions on certain characters. And oh, my God, it is a really really good show again we'll have to get into that on another segment uh in another episode because i don't want to just just kind of skip through it like that it definitely deserves its just due and yeah like uh, little fires everywhere but uh, again nicole uh be here yeah, i believe is her name but yeah she's in that and then we got uh taylor Schilling, piper if you guys are familiar with the fucking Orange is the New Black, uh, the main character in Orange is Piper. And um, Taylor Schilling is Piper, and she is also in Monsterland. So, again, like, like check it out. It's it's worth the watch. Uh, just kind of sticking with the horror. And it's I feel like it's Hulu's, Hulu's attempt at, you know, trying to create their own little twilight zone ish type of show so check it out Monsterland. eight episodes uh each episode i believe is about 40 to 50 minutes long um monster land i believe i believe it is not rated r although i could be mistaken we'll we'll have to like verify that check that out but uh Monsterland, just check it out. It's okay. Um next would be for HBO. We got Lovecraft Country. Now guys, Lovecraft Country. This this show I I had my doubts and suspicions about it. When you see the trailer, you're like, what the hell is going on? When you see the thumbnail, uh Basically, oh, so in it you got uh, Jonathan Mayer, Jonathan Majors, uh, Journey Smollett, 
Michael K. Williams, Courtney B. Vance. I mean, you've got a nice little lineup right there. Like, you've got a really strong lineup with those particular characters. But, I mean, the main character, his name is Atticus. And, again, like, you see the thumbnail. And you'll see Atticus standing there with fucking, looks like octopus tentacles coming from his back. And it's just like, again, when I first dug into it, I was kind of like, what the hell? But this is a show guys that had me from the very first episode uh, I believe it's 10 episodes long and I mean it is just a really really crazy take kind of like when I was talking about the school nurse files this show takes chances and you're in I believe the 60s with uh, Atticus um, I believe he's coming home from the war, might be 60s, might be 50s, but he's coming home, coming back from the war to, to see his family. And it takes that that time period of the 50s and 60s, 60s with racism, racial tension, um, a lot of things political and, and all that, and then mixes it with mysticism and fucking magic and wizards and creatures and all types of shit that is just like <laughs> it is mind-blowing and to kind of see the two worlds collide is really fucking good i mean it is to the point where like i said the very first episode watching i just couldn't wait to hit next um, you just wanted to see what was happening. It was almost like, what is going on? And then they do take some elements of, of real life. Um, I'm not going to get too spoilery, but I mean, there's, there's an episode where they discuss and they have Emmett Till. Um, they show some of his funeral. So again, they kind of, they kind of do a great job with intertwining, a little bit of real history in with this particular series. So it gives it almost like a holy shit vibe. Um, scenes were shot beautifully. Like they really did a good job. Um, the creatures looked crazy. There was some, there was some things in this that was like just different. And I don't know, again, like, I just, I can't compliment it enough. Uh, Journey Smollett, she did her thing. Again, Jonathan Majors, he's been in uh, White Boy Rick, the, the Blood Five, and another one was pretty stead out of was, I believe he was in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, and you guys know Journey from... She, I don't know if it was her debut, but she was in The Great Debaters with Denzel Washington. Um, she's been in the Twilight. She's had her Twilight Zone episode. Uh, of course, the new ones. Uh, oh, total sidetrack. But Twilight Zone. CBS All Access. Sticking with that horror genre. If you are, you know, a fan of the old ones, I love watching the old ones. Uh I believe I go to sleep to some of them uh, some nights, but just that black and white and the the narration, <laughs> it, it's it's a classic combo to go to sleep to. But um, the Twilight Zone is available on CBS All Access, 
and I believe they're on the second season. Uh, Jordan Peele is the producer of that, but I'm getting off on a tangent, guys. Let me let me get back to uh, Journey. So yeah, Journey was in The Great Debaters, Birds of Prey. She's got a Twilight Zone episode. She was in a show called Underground, um, and you've seen her. And then, of course, everybody knows Michael K. Williams. Uh, if you're a fan of The Wire, Omar, the Omar character, but Michael K. Williams has been in a ton of other shit since then and just so recognizable, uh, just, and his role, man, when you guys, when you guys dig into this and, and the Michael K. Williams character, uh, he plays Atticus's father, uh, man, this fucking guy has got... I mean, just not only secrets out the ass, but <laughs> that pun is going to be more funny after you watch it. But man, this guy is something else. Like his particular character was just like, just every turn, he just wasn't like, did not let you down with whether it was some shady shit or whether it was just, you know, again, just like a secret or something that, that he was just kind of, keeping quiet about it was just really really interesting really good and Courtney B Vance he, he you guys probably remember him from the preacher's wife he was also in the, uh, Denzel Washington and uh Whitney Houston um Hamburger Hill super old classic like war movie uh The Hunt for Red October Dangerous Minds he's also in um Two Netflix movies that I, I may have touched on it earlier, but Project Power. These are not horror films, but just two really good films on Netflix right now. Uh, a movie called Uncorked. Uncorked is about uh, a young man and his journey. He wants to become like a wine connoisseur, so but he lives in like the like a like a like a black neighborhood. His pops owns like a fucking barbecue joint and shit, and. I don't know. It's just a really, really different uh, type of story. Uh, and so I love to see that. I love to see when certain characters are interested or living a lifestyle or trying to pursue something that's just, just out the box. It's just not what you normally see. But Uncorked, really good, uh, really good movie to get into. And then Courtney is also in Project Power with Jamie Foxx. Uh, again, Project Power is a really good movie. Uh, and that's on Netflix as well. And concluding, uh, but certainly not not least, uh, is Netflix. So Netflix has a series called The Haunting of Bry Manor. Now, The Haunting has another series called The Haunting of Hill House. And one would say, I did some research and they say that they're not connected. They say that the stories do not, you know, connect at all or have no, no correlation to each other. But it is so, so weird. So fucking weird because these particular, both these shows, uh, I believe, Bride Manor is nine episodes and The Haunting of Hill House is 10 episodes. And you have 
some of the exact same characters in both of these both of these shows so it's really it's just so hard to kind of say that you know man these stories don't don't mesh in some kind of way but i mean when you see them in their different episodes and different like takings on their character then i could say like i guess that's not related at all because they are they do have two different total time periods so the haunting at hill house it is more recent uh it's supposed to be i believe takes place in maybe i would say like the 2010s or so so it could be like it could be a modern uh telling um one of the brothers, he is a writer, so he, he actually writes a book, so I believe it. I mean, just in looking at their cell phones and kind of looking at their environment and everything, I would still, like I said, I'd say maybe 2018 or, or 19 or whatever it came out. It's supposed to be um, present, present day, but then it does do some jumping with time and you get stories from when those characters were kids. So it's about a family... Um, of six or five but it's the dad the mom uh there's a twins there's l and luke and they have a i believe another brother and another sister but didn't want to dig into that don't want to talk too much about hill house i want i'm gonna save that for later but Let's just real quick get into the haunting of Bry Manor, cause, cause that's that's what what's going on right now. So, the haunting of Bly Manor is, it's got it's got, again, the young lady that plays L, in Hill House. So Victoria, Petteri, Petteri, and it's got Oliver Jackson. Who Oliver Jackson he plays. A uh, character called Peter in Bly Manor, but he's also the twin brother of L, which is the character I just mentioned. They're actually brother and sister in Hill House, so they're twins. They're they're fraternal twins. So um, then it's got it's got the mom and the dad from Hill House, and they play um, two totally different characters. The dad from Hill House, his name is Henry Thomas. He's actually playing the uncle of the children in Bly Manor. So just the correlation of having, you know, these same exact characters play a very similar style of show is just interesting. But again, Bly Manor, the haunting of Bly Manor, it takes place, I believe it is in the the 50s. I want to say it's like 57. That's what I want to say, but I'm not, I'm not a thousand percent sure. And, but it is old. It takes place kind of in the past day and it's just like sticking with the horror genre. Both of these series, Bly Manor, as well as Hill House, just two really, really good shows like as far as series to check out on Netflix and and these are true to form of horror so these are your like there are some scenes in these guys jump scares there's some creepy ways some shit is shot um man like I can't I I mean not gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying that I'm not giving too much away not spoiler territory but Jesus like 
oh my God, like Hill House has got some some rememberable characters. Uh the broke neck lady. Uh there is a guy that is at least eight to nine feet tall. And this tall, creepy motherfucker, guys, is like creeping around the house. Oh man, it's just it's good. It's good. And and in Hill House it's almost like each child is haunted by a different type of ghost. Um, and again, without giving too much away, it's just very interesting. So all the kids, as they grow up and when they get older, they all come into their own of what they've kind of told themselves. Um, some of the older kids, of course, remember in detail a little bit more than the younger kids. And, but it's, it's, it's the story of, of, like I said, five siblings and it is just interesting. It is very interesting. And again, original. And I thought when I first saw this, this was going to remind me of, uh, the haunting of on, uh, I believe it's house Hill or something like that, but it's got Catherine Zeta Jones. It's really old. I thought it was something about that. And somehow they were correlated and, and I'm not sure if they are. I'm going to have to do do some more digging on that because I believe the the father was the actual name of the guy from that that owned the house in the old movie. This old movie that I'm talking about, The Haunting of Hill House. So, I think it's all kind of created kind of kind of together, but again, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix is kicking the movie's ass up and down the street. So, um, check it out again. It's really, really good. Um, but the Bly Manor, I mean, that's the more recent of the, the episodic, uh, shows and Bly Manor is just really good. Um, I'm almost done. It's actually based off of a, it's based off of a book by Henry James called the turn of the screw. And it's created by Mike Flanagan. So Mike Flanagan is actually also the producer. And I believe he's kind of like the creator of the Haunting of Hill House. So, um, again, it was just hard to kind of separate the two. Other than just knowing that the two stories are separate, it was really hard because they used some of the same fucking music. So to me, it took out... It kind of took me out of the show a little bit. You know, when I'm watching Bly Manor and guys, you guys are going to notice this. You guys are going to pick up on this. There's a there's a song. There's a tone that they play um, and they're going to play it. And as soon as you hear it in Bly Manor, you're going to say that's fucking Hill House. Like, I mean, just without a doubt. So other than that, though, you know. It's just, again, just kind of hard to separate the two. But, you know, um, just really good, really interesting show. Both both of them. So take your time. Dig into both of those. I would actually watch them in order so of, of release. Um, so you would watch Hill House first. I believe that came out in 18, 2018 or 2019. And then Bly just came out this year. So... We actually just got Bly at the the beginning, the top of October it released. So that will do it on our 
bingeable segment. If I've left anything out, though, what I'll do is I'll, I'll come back, of course. And oh, and outside of that, let me let me give you guys something. I'm trying to give you guys something from each DSP. But when I just went through those, I know I left out Amazon. But Amazon, guys, I'm a fucking comic book fan. So to touch on this and I'm just going to bring it up. But not get into it because it's again, we're sticking to that shit in October. But the boys, the boys just dropped season two. So, man, if you are a superhero fan or just an action and you like and you, you just like a good, interesting story told in a different way, please check out the boys. We'll dig into the boys later on a different episode where we can actually do a deep dive and really get into it because there's so much to talk about. Um, also with how it correlates to the graphic novel and, you know, kind of just the comparisons of such, but the boys is fucking amazing. Like you will never look at superheroes the same again. And now I guess I, that concludes it. It's almost time to shit. Let's get into the, the classics. Let's get into some classic suggestions for you guys for, for the month of October, some horror shit. And yeah, let's get started. So we are finally here, guys, at the um, classic segment. And this one was interesting just because just, I don't know, just trying to stick with the whole theme of, of October and, and it being Halloween coming up. And, you know, it makes for perfect horror films, so... I'm going to try to give you guys something from each DSP and yeah, let's get going. Let's see. So starting at the top, we'll start at the top with Netflix. Um, Netflix had some pretty good classics in there. They had Silence of the Lambs. They actually had the Red Dragon. They got the Evil Dead from 1981. Classic Ash. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Netflix was pretty decent on the on the classics. They're OK. I know there's a lot more, but I just want to I want to give you guys just a little bit from each particular DSP. And then by next episode, we'll have a little bit more and just kind of slow walk it like that. Give you guys a little time to check out some of this shit and then, you know, come back. So and hopefully you've got more than one DSP. Um and you're you're able to kind of dig into some of the other uh shows on the other platforms. So there's actually some some little things going on, some promos and uh just other stuff going on. I know Amazon is offering something where if you've got I don't know, I I'm not sure, but I think if you've got like uh, Medicare, Medicaid, something like that, you can actually get Amazon for like five bucks like $5.99 for like 12 months lock yourself in I think you just got to show like a document or something I don't know if you email it but we'll figure all that out I'll actually have some more information on that for you guys uh in a later episode but that's something that they're doing and other than that if you don't have it no get somebody that does shit borrow their borrow their their information and try to try to get logged on but in some way shape or form just Try to watch some of this shit, but if you only have one 
particular um, DSP and you're only able to watch one particular platform, then shit, just dig in and enjoy what you can. Um, but Hulu. So Hulu's got some classics on there. They've got Interview with a Vampire, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. I know you guys love that. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, I believe that was Rob Zombie's debut. Uh, directorial debut. Uh, they've got Pep Cemetery. Now the the new one, guys. The new one. All right. Not not the classic. Not again. I think we talked about that earlier. They do not have the classics. So I mean, that is not the classic. So I don't know how that even made this list. I'm sorry about that. Sorry, guys. Don't know why that's on there. Um, Hulu also has Stir of Echoes with fucking Kevin Bacon. Stir of Echoes. If you haven't seen Stir of Echoes, please stop this right now. Go watch it now. I haven't seen it in, in quite some time, but so I'm not sure how how well it stands up as far as the effects, but just the story. Um... Kevin Bacon, dude, this is classic Kevin Bacon. Now it's not, not talking like, you know, Flatliners Kevin Bacon, but this was around that time. This was right around that time. So, um, Stir of Echoes, really, really good. And HBO, they have The Hills Have Eyes. Now they don't have the original. They have the remake from 2006. They also have The Thing, and again, not the original, all right? That is the one from 2011. Um, Amazon Prime, so Amazon Prime kind of pissed me off, guys. Amazon Prime had the weirdest type of lineup when it comes to your movie selection, especially for the classics, so they have Poltergeist 2, they have Poltergeist 3. But then you've got to fucking pay for Poltergeist 1. You know, they've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Classic Dennis Hopper. Fucking lefty, are you kidding me? This guy was wielding three fucking chainsaws. They've got classic Dennis Hopper playing lefty. They've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. But no Part 1 for free. But I actually do think that Netflix may have part one. And if if I'm not mistaken, Netflix may also have The Devil's Rejects. And and that, guys, that would actually correlate with the Rob Zombie stuff, just keeping in that saying. But I believe that's over there at Netflix, I believe. Don't quote me on those two guys. I'm 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 just shooting from the hip with those. But I believe those two are over at Netflix. Um, now, these are classics. They would be categorized as horror genre. But, I mean, I just love these movies when I were, was growing up. And I remember them so well. And they were just a big part of my childhood. But <laughs> Amazon has got the killer clowns from outer space. Now, again, if if you remember that movie, it was just fucking more hilarious than anything. I think when you sit back and you watch it now, there were some creepy ass scenes with the cotton candy and all that kind of stuff. But 
I mean, it, it clearly like doesn't hold up with the effects and things like that, the way it looks. It, you know, it's very dated, but you know, just a fun time with with the horror genre back then. So it was it was very new and interesting to see fucking clowns going around killing people and shit. So uh I will never forget the uh classic scene with the, the clown and the shadow puppet. So that was fucking hilarious. Really, really funny back then and still funny to this day. Uh Killer Clowns from Outer Space on Amazon. And there's also the house two, the second story. Now I love the house two, the crystal, that crystal skull he was looking for and the old man. Oh my God. Like, and the, the whole time travel thing, it was just really crazy. But the house two, um, is on there. And again, that's just a fun, just, just one of those 1980s movies, I believe it was 87 when the house two debuted, but, uh, it was categorized as horror at the time. But again, that's one of those horror classic, uh, I would say comedy more than anything. I mean, not more than anything, but I would say comedy as well. Uh, there's some scenes where it's just like shit's just so unbelievable. But just again, one of those, one of those films where you could just sit back and just like a popcorn movie, you know, and if you, if you've never treated yourself to the house two, check it out. I, I don't believe the house one is as good as the house two, but I mean, Hey, it, it leave it up to you to, to make that distinction. Uh, Nosferatu, the original fucking vampire movie, 1922 silent film, not rated is on Amazon Prime. Um, now, if you're a fan, fan of Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, which, which, to me, it's like it's like either you love it or hate it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's been so many other tellings of of Dracula that it just it just is hard pressed for you to kind of. I don't know. I think when it came out and it debuted, you know, it was it was new take to the hair from Bram Stoker's Dracula when they that the the Dracula character that Keanu Reeves I believe is introduced to, dude, it's just just classic. And then when they did it in The Simpsons with Mr. Burns, just just hilarious. Um, but yeah, so um, Nosferatu it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not quite a fan, guys. It's a silent film. So to sit there and watch a silent film. But if you're into that sort of thing, then go for it. If you haven't seen it, it is a classic. You should check it out. It's definitely one of those movies. I think that actually Bram Stoker's wife had some legal issues going on when uh, uh, that particular around that time period. And I believe she had all the Nosferatu filmings like uh, collected and, and like, she like, I don't know. I, it was just like some lawsuit stuff. It was a really messy situation, but, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, I think it's Germany, uh, based Nosferatu. And so, I mean, they basically just ripped right off of Bram Stoker, you know, but by the time that they did that, I believe he had passed already. And, you know, so again, his wife kind of, kind of dealt with that and, and, and the hardships of, you know, dealing with that whole issue and legal battles or whatnot. But, um, 
just check it out, guys. It's just one of the original monster movies. Uh, it's kind of based about, you know, a vampire and just an interesting movie. Uh, and last and definitely least, <laughs> uh, The Village. Uh, Amazon Prime's got The Village, guys. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, if you... If you're familiar with him, then you know his work with The Village. I know it's like a kind of like a cult classic. And I know certain people now actually kind of love it. Um, and again, that's one of those love or hate type of movies. You, you, you've got you a nice different type of twist at the end. And, you know, classic M. Night with the twist. But it's worth checking out. I mean, if you've never seen it, if you have seen it, then you guys know what it is. And, you know... You're not really, you don't have to go back and revisit it. <laughs> You've already seen it. You you know what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, that, that'll probably go ahead and conclude those classic picks. So you guys check that shit out. Um, just do, do whatever you can. Go view some of this stuff. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know if those, those suggestions worked out for you. Um coming up here in the next couple of episodes and, and moving forward just in the future period, we're going to be having some new and different stuff. So we're going to try to include and incorporate other things like we're going to have dad picks and that's just going to be just selections that, you know, a dad would suggest just kind of do some age appropriate stuff. I've got, I've got a few kids and the age ranges all vary. So just having a, you know, 12 year old, six year old, two year old, it is very daunting trying to, you know, make selections or find something that you can recommend to them or just throw on when you guys are sitting around. You definitely want family appropriate stuff. Um, you don't you don't want to get caught. I, I think earlier I was watching Rick and Morty and. And my six-year-old's like standing there as uh, Marty's actually filling up his his girlfriend in the episode. So it just was like, oh, shit, let me turn this off. So it's just like you don't want to get caught doing that. You don't want to get caught watching Adult Swim or, you know, Solar Opposites or something. And your kid's standing right there. But, yeah, we're going to get into that. We're also going to get into some super classic shit from the 80s. We'll have, like, some segments where we talk about all stuff 80s, whether it's movies, cartoons, video games, what have you. Um, we'll also be doing some more just series reviews. We're going to have breakdowns. We'll also talk about... Just notable mentions, things that may be new or might be coming up, uh, new releases. I'll also keep you guys abreast and uh, uh, updated with any kind of movie theater news. Uh, not sure where you guys are listening from and how your movie theater experience is going, but I'll let you know what's going on here on my end and and how we're shaping up and other than that, I think I think that's going to go ahead and conclude everything, guys. So I enjoy you guys listening. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I know there's no way to, like, hit me with a thumbs up or a like or any of that kind of shit. But, I mean, just stay tuned. Just keep tuning in. And we're going to have more coming up. 
um, try to get you guys at least an episode every week, um, if I can, just a, a something, especially if something new comes out, something fucking that's gonna stop the presses, then I'll definitely make sure that I, that I try to get you guys what's going on as it happens, and again, just thanks for tuning in, and I appreciate it.